Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I have been waiting for this day for a long, long time. I am so excited because I've got some very exciting news to share with you. And uh, since a picture speaks a thousand words, rather than tell you what the exciting news is, let me show you a picture. So take a look at the screen. You all know what this is a picture of, right? This is an ultrasound, and this is a baby. And uh, yes, Cheryl and I Wait a are minute. excited. Wait a minute. What are you doing? Well, I was just going to tell them the good news. Well, if, if you want to do it, be my, be my guest, Pastor Dave. Yes, we would love to share this news. Actually, Sarah and I are very excited to let you know that Pastor Gary and Cheryl will be an uncle and auntie because we're having a baby. Wow. Woohoo! So tell us about that. Well, we're, you know, we're so excited to be able to share this because you know, obviously uh, we haven't been able to see a lot of people and share with people lately, uh, but what a great way to share with our church family and celebrate this. Uh, so far, everything's going really well. Uh, the baby is developing smoothly, and we just really covet your guys' prayers, and uh, we found out the baby will be due in May, and we got some very exciting news just this past week because we got the gender of the baby, and we are having a boy. Wow, that means that you can probably name him after your favorite pastor. That is very true. We are thinking that James is just a fine, fine name. Oh, so, yeah. oh. well, that is so exciting. That, you know, that is just wonderful news. And, you know, we're doing this series called What's Good, and that certainly is good, isn't it? Well, let's open up our time and pray for Pastor Dave and Sarah and baby Romero, and ask God to bless their lives. And, and by the way, as you know, the election was called, and there's a, a winner. However, it is being contested. So when the dust settles and the election is officially certified, then we will pray for the new president, whoever that is. Okay, so we'll, we'll remember to do that hopefully next week. If not, the week after, we'll see what happens. But for right now, Let's turn our hearts and attention to the Lord as we lift up Pastor Dave and Sarah and their baby. And, you know, just like we do here uh, when we're together as a church, if you'd like to, right where you're at, maybe you can extend your hand toward them and just ask God to bless their lives. Okay, let's pray together. Well, Heavenly Father, we are just overcome with joy and thanksgiving, Father, that you have blessed Pastor Dave and Sarah with a baby boy. Father, thank you so much for the gift of life. And Lord, although this is their baby, we, we recognize that ultimately this is your baby. You were the one who created this baby and put this baby inside of Sarah's womb. And Father, we ask for your hand of blessing to be upon this little boy, that he would grow in favor with you and with men. Father, we pray for an uneventful uh, pregnancy for Sarah, and that all would go well. And Father, we ask God for your exciting uh, blessings to be upon them as they prepare, as they prepare to become a, a mommy and a daddy. So we thank you so much for their precious lives. We lift them up to you, bless them, continue to bless them, Lord. And, and even now as we gather together as a church, speak to us, God. Speak to us about the preciousness of life that you have given to us. So we love you. Bless this couple, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks, you guys. Exciting, exciting news, exciting news. Well, um, 
several weeks ago, we began this new series, uh, as I mentioned, called What's Good. And we've been focusing in on what's good at a time when there seems to be very little good. And it's been a very refreshing uh, you know, series, I believe, as we focus on what is positive and not what is on negative. And as I said, I think you'll all agree that Pastor Dave and Sarah having uh, been with child is, is, is what's good. Because babies are a reminder. They are a reminder that life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God and, and life is precious. And that's what I want to talk about today. So grab a Bible and uh, open up uh, our South Bay Community Church app. I think you'll find it helpful. There's an outline in there for you. If you don't have it, you can just download it right now from the Play Store. You know, when I was a kid uh, growing up, on every January the 1st, we would go to my uncle and aunt's uh, place to celebrate New Year with a very special meal that my aunt would prepare. For this occasion only, my aunt would bring out all the special uh, dishes and plates on which we would enjoy her delicacies. And, and the dish that she used on this occasion was, was my favorite. Uh, because it, I loved eating off of it because it had imprinted on it a bright, beautiful red fish. And I love fish, and I love this dish. Well, after my uncle passed away more than a decade ago, my aunt decided to move, and, and so she began packing all of her things, and she came upon these dishes. And she asked my mom if she wanted them, and my mom said yes, and when she received the dishes from her, she gave them to me. And then she told me the backstory, the story behind the dishes, something that I'd never heard before. And this was not that long ago. She told me that after I was born, uh, my dad and my mom bought a set of these dishes, a whole bunch of these dishes, and they gave them away to all the family members and friends in celebration of my birth. I had no idea. And emblazoned on the dish was not just an ordinary fish. But it was a tie, uh, known as a red bream. In Japan, a tie is a symbol of good luck and of congratulations because of its sparkling red color. In fact, one, at one time in Japan, the tie was considered the king of all fishes, and it was so highly valued that it would often be given to the emperor as a gift. So to celebrate my birth, my parents bought a bunch of these plates and gave them away to all their friends and family. And if you're wondering what it looks like, I brought one here, and this is it right here. This is the very dish that I'm talking about. And you can see the bright red Thai fish that's on there. Now, this, bit, this dish is as old as I am, if not older, which would make it an antique. It's an antique and the reason why my mom didn't have any of these dishes left over is because over the years, uh, they all broke. I think it was my brother who broke most of them. Well, when my mom told me this story, it made me cherish these dishes even more. It made me treasure them even more. I mean, they were precious to me. And uh, they were precious to me, and they were treasured to me because of whose idea it was to buy them and give them away in the first place, and, and, and that was my parents. In the same way, the reason why life is precious is because life it was God's idea. 
It was his idea. He came up with the idea of making you, of creating you. You know, in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, God made an extraordinary statement about the preciousness of life. Take a look at Jeremiah 1 verse 5. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You ought to underline this in your Bible. This is an astounding statement. It really is. Uh, First, this verse tells us that God is the creator. I formed you. That God is the giver of life. I formed you. And that he creates life. I formed you. Second, get this. This is radical. God is so big. God is so great that he knew us even before he formed us. He knew us before he formed us. Now try to wrap your heads around that one. He knew you even before he formed you. I mean, even before baby Romero was conceived in Sarah's womb, he knew this baby. He knew this baby. He knew this baby even before they knew about this baby. Years ago, this verse, Jeremiah 1.5, was the verse that cinched it for me that abortion is wrong, that abortion is murder. Because if God knew us before he formed us, that means that when we were conceived, we're not a tissue. We're not a tissue, but in fact, we are a human life with a heartbeat. God created us in the image of God, and we are precious in his sight. And I love what David said in Psalm 139, verse 17. Take a look at it. David said, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. How precious to me are your thoughts. This is, this is insane. Think about it. This is insane. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea how often and how much God thinks of you? It's amazing. If you're not sure, go to the beach Any beach will do, but go to the beach, and any beach will do. Go to Rat Beach in Torrance, or Hermosa Beach, or Manhattan Beach, or Redondo Beach, or Huntington Beach, or Bolsa Chica Beach. Personally, I'll take Waikiki Beach, but go to any beach and scoop up a bucket of sand and see if you can count the number of grains of sand in that bucket. Try if you can, and when you're done a month later counting the grains of sand in that bucket, then Count the grains of sand on the rest of that beach and every other beach in the entire world. And whatever total you come up with, which, is, which would be an impossible feat in the first place, but whatever total you can come up with, God's thoughts toward you would exceed that total. It would exceed that total. That's how much God thinks of you. How precious are your thoughts toward us. And that's how precious you are. As, you know, we are God's Precious, as Gollum would say, my precious. Well, we are, you are God's precious. So write this one down. I am precious because I am God's idea. We are his idea. He's the one who came up with us. You know, when a baby arrives into the world, there are high fives all around. Dads pass out cigars. Maybe they don't pass out cigars anymore today. I don't know what Pastor Dave plans to pass out after his baby boy is born, but I hope it's something good. Mom sent out birth announcements, and before the baby arrives, you know, family members and friends will, will throw sh- baby showers, sometimes two or three of them. They'll, they're going to be busy, I know, fixing up 
the room and it's probably going to be boy with a blue with raiders paraphernalia all over the place. A big deal is made when a baby is born. But when that baby grows up and dies, maybe 85 or 90 years later, sometimes they leave this earth without so much as a whimper, without anyone noticing. But God notices because they're as precious to him at age 90 as they were when they were nine months old or nine years old. You know, this year, we had a lot of people in our church who lost loved ones, family members, maybe more this year than, than in past years. And because of the coronavirus, most families who lost loved ones couldn't even hold a, a funeral or memorial service to celebrate their life. We haven't had one in this room at all this year, except for maybe before the the lockdown. And that has made it even more painful for the family to think that their loved one has left this earth uh, without even a remembrance. And it diminishes in, in some ways their significance. Yet, yet they're not unimportant. They're precious to God. Well, right now, I want to just take a moment to remember some of the people, just a few of the people we lost this year. These are not in any particular order. And I I, I ask for your forgiveness in advance for those that I've missed. I tried to do the best I can, and we, we couldn't reach everybody. But, but I want to just present to you a few people. First of all, this is Alan Yoshidome, who passed away last week after a long bout with, with brain cancer. Alan is survived by his wife, Pauline Yoshikane. He was a loving, generous, energetic, and adventurous man. He was the love of Pauline's life. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, he had an unwavering faith in Jesus, even to the very end. This is Gina Kim. Gina Kim, caring and loving wife and mother. She was the one who brought BK, or Brian, who comes to our church, into the world. And we can be forever grateful to Gina for bringing Brian into the world, because he is such a blessing to us. She succumbed. She also succumbed to cancer just a while back. But shortly before she left us, she gave her heart to Jesus. This is Brian Frederick Moore. He's the one standing second from the right. Brian was the father of Juliana and her mother, Dara, who both um, attend our church. He's uh, are very special people to us. But Dara and Brian were divorced. But they remained loving and lifelong friends. And I know that she was just as devastated um, by this loss as Juliana and her brother. Brian died unexpectedly at the age of 62 years. Loving father, a coach, a mentor to a bunch of kids. Loved baseball, loved to fish, and most of all, he loved Jesus. This is Cyrus Nishimoto, who went home to be with the Lord on the morning of his 87th birthday earlier this year. He loved the Lord. He loved studying the Bible. I had the privilege of baptizing Cyrus He's here in this photo with his beloved wife, Alice, his daughter, Renee, and her husband and two daughters. Has, I have a very unique story about this. Alice was my Japanese school teacher when I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old when she taught me Japanese. And when Cyrus, and then when Alice married Cyrus, I went to their wedding. I went to their wedding, and then I lost complete touch with them. And then one day, they walked into church. And... Um, they had no idea who I was until I reminded them. And even then, they said, who are you again? And I had to tell her that I was in, their, in her class. She taught me Japanese, and, and, uh, and I went to their wedding. This is Gloria Andrade. 
Here she is with all of her children. In the second photo, she's here with her daughter, Orlanda, in the center, and her husband, Ray, and their grandchildren who attend our church. Gloria was a strong lady. She had a strong faith. She was the, the epitome of someone who was a matriarch. She was a true matriarch because she taught her children and her grandchildren what it means to be a family, what it means to love each other, what it means to stay uh, united with one another. She left them such a strong legacy. And you know she did something right because her granddaughter, Maya, went to Pepperdine. And more than three years ago, this is crazy, but more than three years ago, I went to pray for, for her because she was in failing health and she entered hospice care. And a few weeks later, I asked Orlando how, how your mom is doing. How's your mom? And she said, well, she's still going strong. And she kept going and going and going. And uh, she went on for more than three years after I went and prayed for her. I think she broke the record for the longest stay in hospice. She was that strong. Well, her, finally, her body finally gave out in March, but not her spirit. She lives in heaven today and in the hearts of her family. This is Shang Huang. This picture was taken in our church lobby, if you, if you can tell that, with his daughters Tina and Mimi and grandsons Zephyr and Kyle. And uh, take a look at the second photo. This is the entire clan, uh, the Wong clan. Check out those PJs. I'm telling you, that's something else. Shang was a brilliant man. He was born in Taiwan, spoke fluent Japanese, received a Ph.D. in electrical engineering in 1973. He won the North Dakota State Chess Championship. But what mattered to him more than anything else was his family. About a year and a half ago, I think it was about a year and a half ago, he sensed that he may not have long to live. So he told his daughters that he wanted to start attending church. And he did. And we all hope to see him in heaven one day. This is Archester Daniels. This is Esther Smith's dad. Here he is with his granddaughter, Cadence. This whole family is so special to us. I, that may be Nate in the back playing, playing video games. But Esther said about her dad that he loved the Lord with all his heart. And he taught them that he was their dad, but God was their father. Wow, what a lesson. Can you think of anything more important of a lesson for a dad to teach his kids that God is their father? Well, he lost his battle to COVID, which has devastated their family. And this, is, this next photo is, is of Fumiko Yano, who went to, home to be with the Lord earlier this year. Uh, she is the daughter of Michi Yano. And uh, I met Fumi years ago when she came to church. She was a real servant. She would wake up every morning at 4.30 a.m., pull the drapes, sit at the living room table, sip a cup of coffee. It's still dark out, outside. And she would watch the paper boy make his rounds around the block. And he would throw his newspapers. Most of them would land on the sidewalk. And after he was done, she would walk out there still in the dark, probably in her bathrobe, pick up all the newspapers and walk them up to the front door and leave them at the doorstep. She was a real servant. This is Victoria Leon. She is the daughter, or she was the mother of, of Lupe Fujita. Here's Lupe, and, and uh, in this photo here, Lupe is here with her husband, Brian. I believe these are Victoria's grandson. Lupe said that her mom's greatest gift to her was prayer. She was a prayer warrior. And even after she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, Lupe said she, she forgot their names, but she never forgot God. 
because she never stopped praying. She kept praying even when she forgot everything else. She didn't forget God. What a legacy. This is Leah Shilzaki. She's here with her son Keith, daughter-in-law Christine, grandsons Randy and Ryan, who were her pride and joy. She made it to 103 years old, and she was a gentle and kind soul. You can see it in her face. And here's baby Skylar Lenore Cruz Pena. She didn't make it one day. She's being held here by her mommy Jane and her daddy Jake Pena, who tends our church. Weeks before her due date, the doctors could no longer detect her heartbeat. And sure enough, when Jane delivered baby Skylar, she was already in the arms of Jesus. She didn't live one day on this earth but she was so precious to God. And one day her mommy and her daddy will see her again. This is Robert Toma. Some of you might recognize his son Roger on the left. Robert was a Maui guy, a smart man, the husband of Faye, a father of three. Most, most importantly, he was a Christ follower. And then this is Francisco Peralta. Served our country in the Navy. He's the one on the left instilled in his boys a love of country and a love of service. His son, Freddie, in the middle, went on to become a colonel in the United States Air Force. And his son, Will, on the right, who attends our church, went on to become a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force and a doctor. I'm sure Francisco was so proud of his sons. This is Willie Saito. Here he is with his beloved wife, Edna, on the left, and his daughters, Leslie and Carrie, and his nephew and niece. And in the second photo, he's here with his other daughter, Suzanne. Willie was funny. He was a foodie. He loved to golf, and he loved the Dodger, Dodgers. I guess everyone makes at least one mistake in their lives. But he, would, uh, he would have been so happy to know that, that they won the World Series this year. And sadly, COVID claimed his life as well, but not before he put his trust in Jesus. And then there's Alice Haruko Kobayashi, the mother of five sons, including Wes Kobayashi, who comes to our church. She also had 10 grandchildren, 14 great-grandchildren, and boy, did they keep her busy. She lived on the big island of Hawaii, and she worked hard keeping up after them, and she was always cheerful, always had a smile on her face. And finally, this is Hans Gu. Here he is with his family, his, his children, his son Fred, who comes to our church on the top left. Hans' soulmate was Aggie Maeda, who's here in the second photo. Hans started attending our church about two years ago, I think. He was, pr he was a proud veteran, wore his military hat and, and jacket to church. Toward the end of his life, his health started to fail. And I remember receiving a message that he might have only days to live. So please pray for, for Hans, because... He, he didn't want to receive any more treatments, and so he had only days to live. But wouldn't you know it, a couple of weeks later, he was back at church. And so I sat down and talked to him about Jesus, and I wanted to make sure that he was going to heaven. And he told me that he believed in Jesus, and so we prayed. And Hans kept coming to church, and I thought, nothing's, gonna, nothing's wrong with this guy. But I guess there was, because during this pandemic, his heart finally gave out, and he went to be with Jesus. You know, these are just some of the people we lost this year, and every one of them was precious to God. They were as precious to Him as they were the day that they were born, because they were God's idea. 
going back to those dishes. Another reason why I treasure them so much is because of why my parents bought them and gave them away in the first place, and that was to celebrate my birth. In other words, there was a purpose behind what they did. There was a reason behind what they did. Well, in the same way, there is a purpose behind your life. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not here by chance, even if you happen to come into the world without knowing both of your parents. You are precious because God created you for a purpose. You can write that one down. You're precious because God created you for a purpose. And the first purpose for which God created you was for his glory. He created you for his glory. Here's what the Lord said in Isaiah 43, verse 7. It says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God created us for his glory. In other words, God didn't create you for you. He didn't create you for you. He created you for him. God created us to glorify him. And how do we do that? How do we glorify God? Well, we do that by the way that we live our lives. Here's what I mean. Years ago, as you may know, I worked for the president of the Los Angeles City Council. Uh, Council's name was John Ferraro. And uh, as, as I was working for him, I got to know most of the members of the city council. One of the members that I got to know was a cantankerous uh, fella, a rather cantankerous fella named Robert Wilkinson, Councilman Robert Wilkinson of the 12th District. And he was an ornery, ornery, cranky old politician, but I just loved him. And uh, sometimes our staff would go out to lunch and, and we'd get a little rambunctious. We, we, never, we didn't, get, drink, we didn't uh, get drunk, obviously, because we didn't drink, but we would get a little rambunctious and, and a little boisterous at some of these very stately restaurants like the Pacific Dining Car, and almost invariably, someone would come up to us and, and ask us who we work for. And uh, we would kindly reply, well, we work for Councilman Wilkinson. See, we didn't want to say we work for Councilman Ferraro because we didn't want our actions and our behavior to reflect poorly on our boss. So we blamed it on Councilman Wilkinson. You see, how you behave can reflect poorly on the people you work for. How you behave can reflect poorly on your family, and how we behave can reflect poorly on our God. Here's some questions to ponder. Does your behavior reflect poorly or positively on God? Do the words that come out of your mouth reflect poorly or positively on Christ? Do the things that you post on your social media page reflect poorly or positively on Jesus? God said he created us to honor him, to glorify him which means that our behavior at all times ought to reflect positively on God. So write this one down. This, is, this would be a sub point. I was, point. I was created to glorify God. And this is, this is absolutely amazing. Our, our sole purpose in life is to glorify God, whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're divorced or whether you're widowed, whether you're young or whether you're old or in between. The entire trajectory of your life is not about you, but it's about Him. It's, it's to glorify God. Now, let me show you something. Take a look at this. Take a look at this video. My aunt took me and my cousins to feed the homeless when I was about five years old. This is my first real experience with the homeless, and I saw they lived. They were on the streets with the rats and dirt all over the place, and I didn't understand why at the age of five years old. I thought everybody had homes. 
So I went home and asked my parents if I can give them all houses, but we obviously couldn't do that. So they helped me come up with a different solution. We thought of the different things that we have on a daily basis that they don't have. And we came up with Project I Am. I'm Jaquiel Jackson, and my project is called Project I Am. Project I Am is an organization that builds awareness to homelessness, providing blessing bags that fill toiletry items for those in need. The reason Project I Am is called its name is because at first it was I Am Naim, and Naim is my middle name, which means to give without receiving back. So it was kind of in me to want to give back. But then more and more youth started wanting to do this. So we decided to call it Project I Am. Like, I am Jared, I am George, any name like that. Blessing bags are a bag full of toiletry items that the homeless can use on a daily basis. There are toiletry items like soap, tissues, socks, toothbrushes, toothpaste, hand sanitizer, all the different things that they need. One of my main aspects of my organization is doing a bag stuffing, which is make an assembly line, get one of each item, putting it in the bag, and then that's one finished bag. You might do 200, 250, 500, you might do 1,000. We want to get the community involved and have fun doing this. While we also give blessing bags out to the shelters, we do deliver them directly to the homeless. We deliver the bags on the streets and we actually see how they are living. It makes me feel happy to know that I'm helping others. It's just a great feeling to know that you're helping somebody. It feels amazing to be a Power of Children Award winner. I would love to thank all my family members and all the volunteers who have came out to support and help me reach my goals. I am so grateful to receive the grant money from the Children's Museum. With the grant money, I plan to use it for my organization, getting more toiletry items and just helping others more. In the future, I plan to be making a difference by helping others and hopefully by then demolishing homelessness. This project has changed me by making me less selfish and my mom might disagree, but I think that's made me less selfish. What I would tell other young people that want to make a difference is don't wait to be great. Us as young people, we don't have to wait until we're adults to become young change agents or start our own business, because I believe that we can do it right now. I'm Jaquil, I'm 12 years old, and I am a Power of Children Award winner. That great that that is Jaquiel Jackson, 12 years old. Jaquiel Jackson, from the time that he was five years old, it made him sad to see people living on the streets without a home. And so he wanted to bring all of them home, but he couldn't obviously couldn't bring them all home to, to live with him. And he wondered what he could do. Well, finally, with the help of his parents around the age of eight. He started giving away these Ziploc bags full of toiletries and other items. He called it a blessing bag. And you know what I love about this story? Jaquiel didn't excuse the problem away. He didn't say, well, I'm only eight years old. He didn't say, well, I'm too young. He said, I'm just a kid. He didn't say, I don't have a job and I don't have any money. And there's no indication that his parents did either. He just went and tried to do something. You see, the second why God created 
you and me was so that we would do something good with our lives. You can write that one down. I was created to do something good with my life. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it in Ephesians 2.10. He said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Will you circle those two words, good works? We are created to do good works. And I like the, uh, the New Living Translation uh, version of this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are a masterpiece, and and he created you so that you would do good things, good things in this world. Created us to do something good with our lives. You see, God didn't create you or me to take up space. He created us to make a difference. He wants us to make a difference. And um, that got us to thinking at the staff. Christmas is coming up. Thanksgiving is coming up. What can we do to make a difference? What can we do to make a difference in, this, in these very difficult times? And here's what we came up with. Um, in a few weeks, and our, our inspiration was Jaquiel, but in a few weeks, we're going to make available to whoever wants them in our church, whoever wants them, two blessing bags. Two blessing bags. And it's, it's going to be like a small cooler bag. Small cooler bag. It's not going to be very large. And it's going to have our uh, church name uh, in, uh, printed on it. And then we're going to give these bags to whoever wants them. We want to get everyone to take at least two bags. We want you to fill it. We want you to fill it with your favorite snacks. We don't want you to spend a lot of money on it, but just fill it with your favorite snacks. Don't, we don't want you to make anything. You can't bake anything. We don't want any, those kinds of things. Everything's got to be packaged, right, because of COVID. Go to the store and buy your favorite snacks. Put it in the bag. And then we want you to give one of those bags to somebody in our church, and when you come to pick up the bags in a couple of weeks, when you come to pick them up, uh, we're going to give you a name of somebody in our church, right? And that's a, that's a person who already signed, who signed up as well to participate. If you sign up to participate, you're going to get the name of somebody else who, who's participating. You're going to get their name, and we'll give them to you randomly in the same zip code so you don't have to drive very far. And then we want you to fill that up, fill up that bag with your favorite snacks, write a little greeting, a Christmas greeting. You could tell them a little bit about yourself. You could... You could write out a prayer for them, whatever it is you want to do. You may or may not know them. And then we, we want you to take it over and deliver it to them. Just drop it off at their house. You might get the name of an individual. You might get the name of a family. It doesn't matter. But we just want you to go and bless them with this bag. And then we want you to take that second bag. And we want you to fill that up with snacks. And then we want you to give that bag to somebody who doesn't come to our church. It could be a neighbor, it could be a, it could be a friend, it could be a co-worker, it could be a total stranger, it could be a homeless person. Give them a blessing bag and then uh, write a note for them as well. Write out a prayer and ask God to bless them. Now, in order for us to uh, get the bags for you, we're gonna, we've got to order the bags. And so we need to know, because we're going to have them imprinted with our name on it, we need to know who wants to participate. So we're going to give you until December the 6th to let us know. If you want to participate, if the Smith family wants to participate, let us know. Just go to our website and sign up. And if the Jones family wants to participate, who knows, we might draw your names and you're going to get each other and you take a, a blessing bag over to them and you're going to bless them and then you'll each take a blessing bag to somebody else and give it to them. And we think it's going to be awesome. You see, the way, the way that I see it, if 12-year-old Jaquiel Jackson can give away thousands of these blessing bags a year, thousands of them a year, then we can give away two blessing bags here at Christmas. 
So I hope that all of you will sign up. Every one of you, I hope you'll go. In fact, don't forget, you're going to forget. So don't do it today. As soon as the message is over, go to the website and sign up and give us your information. Then we'll let you know when the bags come in and we'll have you pick up the bags. And if, if you can't pick them up, we'll figure out a way to get them to you. But get the bag. And, and then when you sign up, remember this, it's important that you follow through. Because if you don't follow through, then somebody is not going to get that, is not going to be blessed and receive that blessing back. So I hope every one of you will sign up today and, and you will bless somebody and you will be blessed as well. You know, one of my favorite bloggers is a guy named Tim Challies. I want to close with this. Who is also, he's also a pastor of a church in Canada. Well, last week I came across a very gut-wrenching headline on his, uh, on his page. And uh, here's what the headline read. It read, My son, my dear son, has gone home to be with the Lord. And then Tim went on to describe how his 20-year-old son, Nick, this is him right here, who was a student at Boyce College in Louisville, Kentucky, was playing a game outside, uh, outdoors with his fiancée and with his sister and some other students when he just suddenly collapsed. Students and paramedics and doctors strive valiantly to resuscitate him, to save him, but all attempts to revive him failed. Several days ago, they had a service for Nick on campus, and I want you to listen to something that his dad said. Take a listen. Each one of us is given a race to run. Some are called to run a long race. Some are called to run just a short race. What matters is not how long the race is, but how well we run it. It's God's business to determine how long that race will be. It's our business to determine how we'll run it, how well we'll run it. Let me tell you, it is so much better to run a short race well than a long race poorly. God called Nick to run just a short race. Some people get 80 years, some get 90. Nick got only 20. But he ran well. J.I. Packer was a man who ran a very long race indeed. And he once said this. He said, My contention is that we should aim to be found running the last lap of the race of our Christian life, as we would say, flat out. The final sprint, so I urge should be a sprint indeed. That was my boy. He sprinted strong to the end. You see, each one of us is just given one race to run. Some are given a long race. Some are given a short race. Some are given 80 years. Some are given 90 years. Nick was given 20 years. He only got 20. And his dad was right. What matters is not how long your race is. What matters is how you, how you run your race. And Nick ran his short race well. And you know why it's so important? You know why it's so important that you run your race well? It's because it's the only race you are given. It's the only race you will ever run. It's the only race you will ever run. The, the life you're living right now the life you're living right now is the only life you will ever live. You don't get another one after this. This is the only life you will live, which is why we must endeavor 
every one of us ought to endeavor to live the one life that we live with everything we've got. We, we need to make our life, make our one life count. That's your final point. Uh, make your final, make your one life count. You know, French author and philosopher Voltaire put it this way. He said, God gave us the gift of life. It is up to us to give ourselves the gift of living it well. We need to live our one life well. And J.I. Packard, whom um, Tim Challies quoted, he said, my contention is that we should aim to be found running the last lap of the race of our Christian life, as we would say, flat out. Run it flat out like Nick did because life is short. Reminds me of what an unnamed woman from ancient Tekoa said in 2 Samuel 14, 14, your final verse. Here's what she said in 2 Samuel 14, 14. She said, we must all die. We are like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. We're like spilled water, which can't be gathered up again. What a sobering description of life. And not only are we like spilled water, we are like broken dishes. We break easily. We are so fragile. I don't know how you're doing today. Maybe you feel broken because your marriage is broken, because your family is broken, because your heart is broken. Maybe your finances are broken or maybe your body is broken. Maybe you feel so broken today that you feel like giving up. Well, don't. Don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up because your life is precious. It exceeds the number of sands on the beach. You are God's treasure. And the God who made you, the God who thinks you're precious, can put you back together again. So cry out to him. And run flat out because you are what's good. Well, let's close our time in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us today from your word that we are so precious in your sight. And Father, that's, that's a truth that so many of us struggle to understand and to accept because so many of us have heard lies throughout our lifetime that we are no good, that we're nothing, that we're insignificant, that we're unimportant. But the very opposite is true because you knew us before we were even formed and you carry us even to our gray hairs. You, you carry us even when we are old. So thank you, God, for the preciousness of life. Father, I pray that you would encourage us to keep going on and to cherish the things, the very thing that you've given to us, and that is life itself. And Father, regardless of how difficult things may be for us now, Give us the strength, the inspiration, the faith, the courage to take the one race, the one life you've given us and to live it flat out for you. Help us to do that, Father, that we may bring glory to you, that we may do good works for you, 
that we might even bring people to you because of the way we live. So thank you, Father. Thank you for your love for us, for the preciousness of life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.